Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast. Personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us. Um, today, our guest is Melissa Lemke from Human Ability Designs. I am super excited to have her here on the podcast because her business is so unique and so interesting. Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk with you today. So let's jump right in and tell our audience about Human Ability Designs. And I want to get into human factors engineering and your background. So just kind of give us a, an overview to give the audience a, a little bit of a taste of what you're all about. All right. Well, I love that you're interested in what I love. I'm really passionate about human factors engineering. So human ability designs. Um, I founded the company and started out really focused on, hence the name, designs for human abilities. Uh, my background, I'm a biomedical engineer, so I spent my undergraduate um, studies and graduate studies looking at human performance and biomechanics, how the body moves, um, and then rehabilitation biosystems, looking at basically people with disabilities. Um, and I have a passion for good design um, and design that fits human abilities. Um, the reason I got into, into my career um, is my brother has a high-level spinal cord injury. He was injured when I was in um, undergraduate studies, and I switched to biomedical engineering. And early on, I saw really the struggles that he was going to have um, and how design could either foster his independence and abilities or really inhibit um, his independence in life. So kind of came into um, my career really because of his injury and, and seeing his needs and that just fostered a passion and a love for good design. Um, my undergraduate, I also did universal design. So I looked at how does the environment fit people with disabilities and different types of disabilities. Um, so that's kind of the edge that I come into human factors. Um, human factors is applied to all different types of industries. Um, I focus in medical. Um, and so where that was born, obviously biomedical engineering, um, but with my brother, I'm a lay caregiver. And what that means is I, I was early on, so my brother was injured, injured in 1999. So I was early on, pretty young, thrown into being a caregiver. And trying to figure That's out beautiful to, though that you took that role for him and and were there for him and then built a career around it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean the field of lay caregiving it's it's really an industry now, but it's really grown and I think all of us are touched in some way or another, caring for a loved one or a friend or ourselves at some time. Um, and the slant with medical is you know, our family and my brother and myself as the caregiver, we were put into some scary situations, I would say. And that further fostered my passion to say, hey, we can be doing better with design. 
Um, and we should be doing better with design of medical products. A, they're going into the home more, but B, um, if we think about how the healthcare industry and healthcare practice of medicine, it's very dangerous. There's, you know, high stress situations, a lot of decisions are being made and, and how we design our products are really going to make a difference in um, usability. So if, if, our, if people like what our products and like using them, but also safety. And that's really what I focus on with um, human factors for medical products. Um, Thankfully, it's a regulated industry, so there's regulations that I actually have grown up with in the industry. Um, it's a relatively new regulated industry, but it's still been around about 10 years, the regulations in the U.S., and the regulations around the world are growing. Thankfully, again, because we're focused on safety right. um, and the practice of medicine with these designs that we're creating. Yeah, there's so many factors. It's the safety, it's the usability, it's the the education even to training absolutely the training, the training instructions yeah and every yeah. every individual that has a need for a device or you know every yeah interestingly unique. so interestingly so i am a human factors engineer and, and biomedical engineer and, and so it's an engineering discipline how i i, I approach the science um and interestingly I'll say that it's one of the hardest engineering disciplines working with people because of exactly that, that variability that people bring to our system. Um, and we have people's abilities, we have the different environments that they're working in. Um, sometimes they're optimal, a lot of times they're not, right? And so all these factors are going to play into how people are coming to our products, medical products, even emotions, right? So. I maybe, and this actually happened to me, a personal story, I'm a cancer survivor. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I had to do home health care. Again, relatively early, I was 27 years old, early in my wow. career. But I remember being mad because I knew that it could be better how right. my training was given to me. And I was being told to go home and give this medicine to myself several times a week independently. It was scary. I didn't right. know what I was doing and, and the training was just, you know, kind of insulting, knowing right. that again, that it could be done better. Right. And you have a little, you know, at that point you had that background. So imagine the gen, you know, the general population that has no exactly. idea and they're sent home and. You know, yep. And also that. advocacy. So I also come to this profession as really a patient advocate, I would say, and user advocate, again, with the, the personal situations and the passion that I bring. Um, you know, I spoke up and I said, I'm not comfortable going home yet. But there's a lot of people during our testing, they'll say, oh, I believe the doctor and whatever they say, or, oh, I don't ask questions. They know what they're doing. And, you know, they're telling me so exactly the patients and end users may be more hands-off than I was during that time because and, of my and, background. And, and they don't know what questions to ask. Exactly. I remember one of the questions was, so do you have any questions? Is there anything you don't know? And, and I said, I don't, don't know. know what I don't, don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, right? You exactly. tell me. Yep. And, and, you know, to the nurse's defense, they were doing their best. Um, but right. that was an instance where, again, I, I just had that personal experience where it was like, we have to be doing better. And this is what Human Factors is all about, um, bringing in those end users during the design process, involving them and really verifying the things that you're assuming about your end users 
designing to their variability right. and especially those high risk situations. If someone doesn't pick up the training that you've um, you know, presented to them, what's going to happen when they get home? What are, what are the helplines or what are the helps that they have so that people remain safe and patients right. get the health care they need? So at, how long have you been in business on your own? Um, so my company has been in business um, for about 10 years, but I've been in the industry for 17 and I going on 18 and I started out in academic research and then I went into consulting um, and I, I bridge the two now because I think, um, well, human factors is a science and I think it's important to continue to add to the science and it's challenging in medical um, because it's an industry-based um, science, and so there's a lot of, um, you know, proprietary information and, and the like that's involved in human factor studies. But um, so I think it's important to bridge academic and industry, basically. Um, so I like to do both. Um, and now I'm actually focusing. Um, so I've been a practitioner all this time. Um, de developing the study protocols and implementing the studies. And um, I've worked with hundreds of clients to submit um, to regulatory authorities and, and they've all been approved um, within their human factors submissions. So now I'm focused on really helping the, like I said, the industry is relatively new, um, but it's booming as far as the need, the number of medical products being developed um, the requirements around human factors. And so now I'm more focused on supporting clients with their submissions and programs and their growing teams um, because there's a lot of new talent coming into the industry. Um, and the application of human factors in medical, it's a very wide and deep science. Um, and there's basically every client's goal is to get a product, a good product on the market. Um, and human ability designs, we support our clients in that. Um, helping them do the best human factors possible. Um, there's different constraints, timelines, budgets, where you are in the process and the like, but ultimately, given the importance of the science, um, we work with clients to do the absolute best um, at the time they come to us. Right, so I just wanna go back a little bit to kind of touch on the, um, so, you're in the industry 17, 18 years, you start your business 10 years ago. What was the, the catalyst for starting your own business? What was the catalyst for leaving the career that you had and were building and moving, taking that, that sometimes scary leap into owning your own business? Yeah, definitely a scary leap. Um, so I started the company basically to get into consulting. So I took that leap from um, full-time academic position and um, I started out consulting um, and collaborating with some consultants that have been around in the industry and basically loved the profession of practicing human factors. And so I, um, I had my company and really focused on growing an, another practice that I was a partner in and did academic research. And now um, the past two years, I've been growing human ability designs again and working on that rebranding um, to fill the industry need now. But when I started the company, it was really to get into, I love the fast pace of the medical device industry. Um, it takes a long time to get products to market, but there's a lot that has to be done along the way. 
um, and versus academia, the research tends to be more um, longer term timelines and the like. So I was really looking to get into um, into industry and ultimately um, with the goal of making medical devices um, to start with uh, more accessible. And that really led into my passion for human factors, the regulated part um, of medical devices and the like. Perfect. So you've been in business 10 years, you're growing, you're pivoting, and I'm sure, you know, pan we always talk about pandemic and the, the need to pivot for that. But how, you know, obviously very, you're very successful, but how in your, how do you define that business success? Yeah, so how I define business success um, ultimately is it comes down to client success. And so that really maps to submission success or, you know, what goal they come to growing their team, growing the, the knowledge, skills and expertise within their within the company's human factors team, developing a process. So really, you know, a, a successful outcome from the client. Most often um, that submission success, which is a huge hurdle to get a product on the market here or outside the US. Um, also, I focus a lot on my team and the team feeling um, that company culture of the good work-life balance and um, that they're contributing to a science. So again, this is a scientific field. So um, you know, my team, I'm looking for that continuous improvement and, and fostering that as well. So, um, so that's really how I define success. And then obviously you have your typical business metrics, right? Business, we have to have, you know, money in order to give back and, and foster that team. So, um, you know, we have metrics like that, but ultimately given my passion and, and really desire to see good design, it really trickles back to knowing that we did the best human factors possible. Right. And we got, we had a sound program. We built a good case and we have good evidence to submit to the regulatory authorities um, in their review. Great. So you brought up the next topic I wanted to talk about, which is work-life balance. So your mom, you have young children. How do you find that that balance between you know building the company and and dedicating the time that's needed for your career and and giving your family what they need? Yeah, it's definitely been a learning process. I think that um, so I'm. Um, <clears throat> I went to Marquette University and I'm very passionate about being the difference, um, doing big things in our world and giving back and, and helping others and helping the industry and the like. So I can very easily get caught up in the momentum of the career I love. Um, and I have done that. Um, but I have three young children. They basically keep me on my toes and they're the most, my family is the most important thing to me. So I have, um, I feel like I've evolved, especially in the pandemic. I had to really, I paused, um, I paused my focus of my career. I didn't stop working altogether, but I, I definitely paused that momentum building for a while to be with my children. Um, and I value that so much that again, they kind of force it upon me. So I love reading with them and, you know, that, that nice break. Um, we love doing activities together and, and I had them home with me. So I learned a lot more um, activities to do with the three young children, but I think definitely family. Also, um, I've worked at home. I've worked from home for a long time, even before the pandemic. And I learned 
a while ago the importance of setting up those rules and boundaries, um, being intentional about no screen time. And really, you know, my husband and I keep each other in check with that as well, because, um, you know, it can easily when you love your work, you can easily be in your office all the time. But, um, you know, also just understand understanding the importance of work life balance. So prioritizing it and then creating those rules and having checks and balances basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and to, for us as business owners to have the drive to move forward, we need that time to step away. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that downtime allows us to really see out instead of constantly getting caught right. up in the day to day, which as a business owner can change a million times in a day what the priority is. So, right. And then you mentioned your 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 lovely dog as your work partner. So I'm sure that gives you comfort in in that like that that chance to break and like look yeah. away from the screen at he certain also, points during the day. Yeah. So he also keeps me on my toes. He's a mini schnauzer, so he gets vocal if he gets bored. Um, so he's <laughs> kind of that proponent or propellant to walking um, and getting outside. And so that's I, I live in Michigan, so. Um, even during the pandemic, I bought an extra warm coat and, you know, got outside even more because being home extra um, the past couple years. Um, I think, again, that importance of just having that break and getting outside and looking out in the trees and in the sky and, and really thinking about, you know, outside of the day to day is really important. Right. Those breaks are important. Um, what do you do, like if you find yourself off track or just you get so stuck in, um, you know, in the weeds, I like to say, because you're just you're just so super focused and you don't take that chance to kind of step away and look back. Like what is your your go to 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 make that break? Yeah, typically um, I, my husband and I like to schedule in, we, we kind of anticipate these periods, right? So we like to schedule in quarterly times away um, and just, you know, weekends away and we have the kids with us. So it's not necessarily a vacation, but a change of environment, change of scenery, um, change of routine. We all get into our routines, but I think sometimes it's important to kind of re-engage the brain and, and try something different. So it's really um, a lot for me, a lot of it's the environment. So just getting, you know, going and visiting family or um, we did Airbnb a lot, you know, getting away on a weekend trip. Um, outside time right. <laughs> really and leaving, and leaving all those electronics at home right absolutely absolutely turn it off and step away we need it definitely so is there anything else you would like to share with our audience like anything come to mind um i love that you shared your very personal story about you know your health and your your brother situation? Is there anything else that maybe had an influence on you or your your company and, and the path that you're on? Yeah, I think that, um, so first I'll say kind of, um, again, this advocacy role to, I, I encourage people as patients or healthcare professionals, if that's your um, profession or you're seeing yourself as a lay caregiver, 
to really use your voice and speak up. There's uh, reporting systems. Um, there's ways to let manufacturers know about experiences because I think that the patient or the end user's voice is so important. Um, there's opportunities to be involved in research. So I, so I do encourage that because I think um, the more voices that we hear um, and, and if it's from either the manufacturer or designers reaching out or patients and users kind of forcing their voices in, I think it's, it's helpful to the profession and ultimately having the best healthcare system here in the United States, United States and in the world, um, across the world. Um, and then also I, I, um, I reflected a lot thinking about this on, you know, how did I really get to this point in, in my industry? And um, I've had a lot of mentorship and through volunteering with standards development, I've, like I mentioned, grew up with the industry, but um, I encourage people as you're kind of stepping out and developing your business or thinking about it, or even if you're early in your career and, and in your first position, um, that you really, take in everything you can with every opportunity. Um, you know, I didn't get here overnight and I didn't get here by chance, I don't think. Um, you know, all the situations that I was involved with growing up and then through schooling and early in my career, different positions, you know, just putting all that together, um, I think is an opportunity. And I was fortunate to really grow up with, uh, I call them the grandfathers of the industry. Um, but like I said, the industry, my industry, human factors for medical is changing. And I think a lot of that is going on with a lot of different professions. And so wherever you are, I encourage you to kind of step up and see what differences you can make, you know, thinking outside of the box and, and really remembering those end reasons why you are doing what you're doing, right. um, no matter what it is, what career you're in, we all have an important role. Um, yeah and we all have a voice and we all have ideas and you know, it's, it's not going to go anywhere if it kind of stays in our heads. So why Correct. not share that and, and contribute? I mean, not every idea is going to come to fruition necessarily, but a piece of that idea can affect something else that's in the works or something Absolutely. else is working on. So I agree a hundred percent. Our voices are all so strong and loud and we need to, we really need to use it and share it. Yep. And that vulnerable, you know, sometimes it's scary, um, especially oh, yeah. if you're in a room with all these people that have been doing something, but sometimes those are the best ideas. You know, that's a lot of times why I like working with students because they have all these great ideas. They don't know the boundaries and that's great. You know, right. right. And you know, we all bring our own life experiences to the table. Definitely. So how can our audience, um, you, obviously all your contact information is going to be in the show notes, but some people will also be just listening to this. So share with us how our audience can get in touch with you. Yeah. So um, my email, Melissa at humanabilitydesigns.com. My phone number is on my website. Um, so phone, email, would love to have a conversation. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and I will, I'm super excited. I've got some new research coming out. If anybody is in the medical device, human factors, um, industry, um, I've got a collaborative grant with, um, from FDA. So that, um, we're going to be collecting some data soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but ultimately would love to talk with 
um, people over the phone, email, LinkedIn are the best ways to get in touch. I am going to actually get you in touch with my niece, who is a biomedical engineer, a recent Excellent. graduated. She, she's actually um, finishing uh, her second degree uh, this month. Um, so Congratulations. yeah, super, super intelligent young lady um, has a really bright future. So I would love to put you in contact with Absolutely. her, even just to have a very interesting conversation. Definitely. Um, yeah. And with biomedical engineering, there's so many places to go. It's such an exciting field. So I would love to talk with you. Niece. I'm going to I'm going to make that connection. So thank, thank you so much, Melissa, for being here and sharing your story. Um, I love learning about entrepreneurs and, and their journey and um, what makes them, you know, excited about the industry that they're in and, and about you know, creating a future. So yeah, thank, thank you. you again for having me, Cheryl. It's been a pleasure. So thank you all for tuning in today. Um, I'm really excited about, you know, our guests and um, the different information and stories that are being shared through this podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe and stay connected to get notified of all our future events, uh, future episodes, sorry, of Pathways to Profitability podcast. Be well and have a great day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 